SOQ Radio Live number 121 this evening. I am Lunar, joined by DMJ654, as well as a handful of guests of particular interest to one metalhead in our uh, studio room here. You want to go ahead and uh, maybe introduce who some of our guests are, DMJ. All right. Hi, guys. It's DMJ here. <laughs> uh, so we got guests here tonight. We're not gonna. I'm gonna introduce them in no particular order. We got Armpit Maiden. Uh, they are the arranger, the founder of the group Home Gang of Gensokyo, which all these people are a part of. Uh, they are also the spearhead of the Toho Metal Renaissance, which I personally agree with. Uh, we have Yumi Sakata. A ranger, producer, and quote unquote Prager. I think that's how is that is that how it is? Maybe. <laughs> and we got UX VTuber, vocalist, and whistle screaming madman. Oh boy, this is gonna be Hello. fun. So, uh Home Gang of Gensokyo. What what is Home Gang of Gensokyo? Let me know if you want me to, you know, not like take over, run the show. This is for folks who don't know. This is going <laughs> to yeah. largely be DMJ's show tonight. Um, oh, you. We were talking before the show, and you were saying this is kind of like a pseudo Metal Monday kind of run, which is interesting because the last time that you, well, not just largely ran a show, but the last time you ran a show was a, I think, Life Forty Six. Was that right? Yeah, 40, what, 46. 40, I hit the big. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. It was like it was 40, 40 it was, something. All I knew, all I know is that I was on a completely different setup back then. I had like a tiny, like ah. $60 Behringer it was 40, mixer with. 45. Yeah. 45. I had a. T- I had a tiny Behringer mixer and I had a like Behringer microphone three pack that I was running with. Upgrade. Upgrades, people. Upgrades. So, um, for people who don't know, Home Gang of Gensokyo is a metal... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say circle. They're more of, like, a family? Like, I don't know how to describe it. Because... What, 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 how would you describe it, Armpit? Well, that's been a question I've been trying to answer to people for the last four to five years. But, in essence, Home Gang of Gensokyo, or HOG for short is an international extreme metal collaboration between many circles, artists, musicians, and independent arrangers from everywhere. It was inspired by Barrage M. Ring, the original Toho metal collaboration that was just, you know, for Japanese circles at the time from 2008 to 2014 that was written by Kusuya Cell, which was directly inspired in the idea of promoting bands and circles within the scene at the time. Homegang Minsokyo is just like a logical next step, except that instead of just focusing on one particular region, it is everywhere, mostly because the Toho Metal scene kind of died for a little bit. And I, I don't know, I grew up with Toho Metal for a long time, and well, Toho Music, and it was such a shame to see bands like Foreground Eclipse or Thousand Leaves kind of go out without really much of a thing. And I thought maybe we should probably see who else is doing it. So that's what kind of hog is about. It's what it is. It acts as both a circle and a label and a sampler all at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. See, that's the the like the really cool part about like, and you even answered my second question. Like, what is hog? Like, the goal of hog? And 
I, I find that like really interesting because I keep talking about like you always have these flash in the pan bands that either appear and then disappear or you got um, groups that have left and there's no void felt filled for them and you're trying to like find where are these like different uh, niches because there's there's a lot of Toho metal out there that nobody knows about. Oh, tons, without a doubt. Yeah. And like these guys like put out like hog to create and destroy and i it absolutely changed everything for me it changed everything so much i had to change my review schedule my review format my review, like how i how i have to do my next review like you guys broke so many things with this album because it is such a banger album but you guys are also international so like what what are some of the other circles you work with besides uh, who's here today? Well, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'm partially proud to answer this question. Hongeng of Gensokyo, despite being a Western-based um, project, so I mean, I'm down here in Southwest Fort, personally for me. However, we have the Last Battalion, which is a gent progressive metal circle hosted by Nigari that's been around since 2011, 2012. We have Squall of Scream, which is like a post-hardcore metalcore circle that started around 2013 to 2014, and they're still making albums. We also have um, Round Loudness, which is a progressive, once again, progressive metal gent. Um, he's a fantastic guy as well. He makes, he has like four or five albums out currently. Um, this For this particular hog, we're even able to somehow... <laughs> get Miku and Akemi of Undead Corporation who joined us lovingly on one of my tracks for this time around and it's just fun to work with people who are actually in the industry just a great amount of just like people from over in Japan and just like arrangers that I've been looking up to since high school to just kind of join my dumb little project which is no longer um, but yeah we have a, we have quite a few from Japan and more planned that I can't speak about currently mm-hmm. of course now um you guys, like I said, you guys are working with a lot of these. What is this collaboration process like? Like, are you, are you, are they reaching out to you? You're reaching out to them. How, how does a hog album come together? It is a tornado. Um, sometimes a dumpster fire, sometimes a second coming of anime Christ. I, it's kind of hard to really describe. Um, there is a general draw line every single year towards the end of a hog, which is stereotypically either summer or winter. I will, either I, my right-hand man, Poku, or just the general members of the foundation of Hongging of Kinsokyo will put together a list and a theme. Normally this theme will correlate towards, like, for example, Hog 1 or Hog 1 Remasters is about fighting games. So we got every single conversation related to, like, 7.5, 10 12.3, 12.3, and so on. Put that into a list. And then we basically set a date for either, more for most likely, a year or so, if we got that in, like, December. Next December, 28th, Comicet, etc., we're going to basically work on that for the entire year up until that point, unless it's, you know, postponed or et cetera, since we care about quality. Either way, though, yeah, it's, a, it's, an, annual, it's an annual process. I set up a spreadsheet on a Google, um, I guess it's Google spreadsheet. And from there, people just kind of sign up their names and we just kind of go from there. And like any and just people can sign up and just try to get something on an album. More or less, so um, we have everything everything from begin complete beginners to industry um, standards. Well, industry like uh, leaders, regulars. Yeah, I guess regulars. You kind of pop in here and there. Yeah. Um, 
admittedly, for the very first hog, and still to this day, a lot of it is just me, hardcore, just like sliding into DMs of circles that either have just popped up or have been around for a while and just being like, Hi, I know you don't know me. Uh, my name's really weird. Anyway, I love Toho Metal, and I know you make it, so would you like to join? I also give them the full-on scope that Hongen Tokyo is a passion project first. All of the donations that are given to the project are put back into funding Hongen of Gensokyo, um, or I guess helping me survive, more or less, to make sure yeah. it still exists. Speaking of survive, you just you said earlier that you were like in Florida. I know that they got hit by the, the massive hurricane that went through. How, how's that going for you? Uh, well, I had I got electricity like four days ago, and I was without it for like seven. Um, Oof. I was um, I specifically live in a zone and region where we were hit extremely hard. It was catastrophic. Uh, some people have lost their homes. Uh, I guess uh, through a line, I work for a uh, I work for a guitar center, so a lot of the, my young customers will come in and be like, "Yeah, I'm trading in all my stuff that still works." It's it's kind of devastating. I was a little scared for you know logical reasons like living and all of my equipment and etc. But things are kind of fine now. I'm okay. Uh, uh, I can eat food and I have electricity, so that's that's something. That is something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild. What I saw like. I have an uncle that lives down in Tampa and I was sitting there watching on Reddit and the top video right before the hurricane made landfall was Tampa Bay completely devoid of water. And I was just like, like even my like small base knowledge of (laughs) meteorology, I was sitting there like, oh man, that storm surge is going to be catastrophic at this point. If there's no water in Tampa Bay, it drained all the water out. That's kind Bro, of a vital part of a bay. Well, yeah. like, like when when a hurricane comes through, like, yeah, I'm, the I amount mean, of water that that the amount of strength that would need to suck away the bay because I've seen shorelines like yeah. go, mm-hmm. but like to take an entire all of Tampa Bay, drain it dry, and then have all of that water come rushing back yeah. with more yep. water behind it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, it's crazy I mean, to the- think about. First day after it, I just decided to drive around and, you know, seeing boats in the middle of the street is that's something you see every day, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not fun. And I mean, like, and I knew it was getting bad because, like, I, I listened to a little bit of Moist Critical here and here and then. And they were talking about, like, yeah, we're I think like it was a couple of days ago. I, I, there are people out there who probably know that I know that it's called the Waffle House Index. And oh. <laughs> this was like the first yeah. time like the Waffle House Index went like red. Which means, like, Waffle Houses are closing before the hurricane hit. Yeah, that's how I knew. As a natural-born Floridian and American, that uh, our Waffle House Index is 100% true, <laughs> and they were not open for a long time. Dad, like, uh. Waffle House Index is, like, the the thing. If you have not, it's, like, it's unofficially made, like, co-opted by FEMA as, like, an alert-level thing that they got. Which is both... It says a lot <laughs> about America and how we process things, but yeah. I also it, think it says great. a lot about Waffle House. It says a lot about Waffle House. We're not sponsored by Waffle House. Yeah. Nah. Go go try a waffle, though. They're delicious. If you have not, if you come to America and you come to the South and haven't tried a Waffle House, are you even in the South? You yeah. need to experience at least the Waffle House yeah. once. Just once, at least, you know. I have only been to one Waffle House one time, and that was when I was at uh, Anime Week in Atlanta some number of years ago. So, 
is that the specific anime week in Atlanta where Zun was? In, yes, and that was in 2013, uh, but I wasn't there that year. I was though, mm-hmm. and that Waffle House was banging. <laughs> you guys were talking about Waffle House where I was at a lunchroom, probably in 11th or 12th grade, just crying, knowing I wasn't there. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Oh I, man, dude. So cool great intro uh i don't know how much i'm going to be critiquing dmj's hosting ability here you're doing just fine i'm I'm not going to bother but uh but usually we kick things off by sort of explaining what we've got planned for the show obviously we've got hog over here uh wink sounds over here but yeah we'll be talking more to them in the next break we've also got our regular fair of topics we've got music news game news particularly new steam game releases and things like that there are uh, there's apparently an official game announced for nintendo switch uh to 17.5 so we'll be shoehorning that in uh somehow and of course we've got station news as usual we'll be kind of catching up with how things are going over here for the moment though we're going to be jumping into a couple of songs from Hongang of Gensokyo uh, starting out with Alice in Wonderland followed by Extinct because they are a metal circle and because it is DMJ and his recommendations or I, I don't know how you determine these songs but get ready for something that you don't normally hear on Gensokyo Radio we'll be starting out with uh well, I don't know. This is, what, like a seven-minute track? It's uh, It goes through a few different phases. It's uh, it's an interesting one. So we're going to start out with this. We'll be back here in a little bit. Good Security Live number 121.
Welcome back, everybody, to Gensokyo Radio Live number 121. Here with home gang of Gensokyo. Wow, I forgot to turn down the audio from the <laughs> feed that I'm listening to, and I sounded completely like... I I, am, I apologize to everybody. I am nursing like a sinus infection, so I probably sound like I'm speaking through a pillow. I can only do so much. I know you can only do so much, but we are here with Home Gang of Gensokyo. We are going to be. We just listened to uh, Alice in Wonderland and Extinct, uh, both by people here tonight. But uh, we got Yumi who did Extinct, and we got UX who did vocals on Alice in Wonderland. And I kind of want to start with UX because <clears throat> UX, I heard your vocals on Hog Two, and I gone on record and say you are start you sound like a young tom barber we're gonna say a lot of names <laughs> and a lot of bands that nobody has an idea on and, and outside of metal but to, you sound like a young tom barber when coming up like the che, like chelsea's great like early chelsea grid wow thank you yeah so much. like That's such a compliment yeah like no no cap now I do want to ask, as a vocalist, mm -hmm. what are what are the influences that kind of got you started getting into doing vocals, uh, especially uh, both mm -hmm. harsh? Because you, um, and this is kind of a little bit of a, an aside, you and Yumi just recently released a track on Yumi's channel uh, where you doing clean. So like, how, how did you get into both clean and uh, harsh singing? Okay, so... Um... I actually, fun fact, I actually started with screams, uh, harsh vocals. Most people recommend starting with like normal clean singing because it's more safe, right? But oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I started back in 2017 or something. I was just randomly listening to like some, I think it was some random deathcore, metalcore bands. And I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I don't know how or or why, but I want to try to do it. And I literally just started trying to imitate uh, any band that I will be playing that day, uh, like like uh, really really silly in my in my room. Um, I will just start doing random screams uh, and singing. It will sound horrible, but yeah, that's pretty much how I started getting into it. Uh, so I always had. Um, an interest in doing vocals, but I never actually tried it until that specific year. Yeah, that's it's kind of funny. A, a lot of people don't know this, if especially if you're not into um, the metal scene or even the metal vocals. Like even some mm -hmm. guitarists don't understand this, but like metal vocals, ninety percent of it is just sitting in your room making weird noises and then adding like distortion to it. Like I always, uh, what was the one that I recently yeah. learned? Like the Tyler Shelton, like you got to start with the Patrick Star voice and then you start adding grit to it and you start <laughs> sounding like uh, you go from sounding like Patrick Star to like a, a, a motorcycle going down a tunnel. <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. like I, I heard uh, who was it that did, did that too? It was like. Uh, Austin Dickey, he did it. He, yeah. he did an example of it on uh, Cardavox Academy's video, and he was showing it off. I'm just like, oh my gosh, everybody at work's gonna hate me practicing this. <laughs> yeah, 
It's it's uh I think it's something that um, when everyone starts out we kind of have to get over the the comedic and the silly factor of everything uh, because when you lose that you lose all of the shame that you might have and the self-consciousness and you just start getting into it because that holds you back and when you lose all of that you can just let loose and start practicing of course naturally you're going to have to be loud you're going to have to make some weird noises um, and when you when you just get it into your head that you're going to be doing all of this, I think it's ju it just makes for a smoother sailing, right? Oh, 100%. It's uh, uh, like majority of people when they go through this process, uh, me included, you learn like you got to do the Kermit the Frog voice. You get to learn yeah. a good Schmeagle voice so you can get those yeah. high goblinoid like sounds. But you, you, this is where I'm getting into some strange territory. You, uh, if for people who re just listened to uh, Alice in Wonderland, that high note in the beginning, that's not a guitar. That's UX's voice. They, UX did a, a what's called a whistle scream. And those <laughs> are so incredibly difficult. You have oh, no yeah. idea. So my question to you is one, does it hurt? And is it an inhale or exhale whistle scream? Cause like, I know both exist. I know one's better than the other, health-wise, mm -hmm. but I don't know what you do. Okay, so yeah, there's there's a bit of like, um, there's a lot of like mysticism and crazy superstition around whistle screams because they are relatively, really, really, uh, really extremely advanced uh, technique. Like, not everyone can just wake up one day and just start doing them. It's something that most people, I would like to think, try to work their way up to. And it's based around, like, since there's like, you know, you got two types of screens that at least the, the main ones that people like to classify. There's like false score screens, and then there's like fry screens. I won't get into into detail of them. Oh, yeah, like that's here. a whole but, different yeah. can of words. Yeah, that's there. huge. Uh, but the thing is that um, usually for people to be able to like do whistle screams, which are basically is basically just screaming um, at the very very top of your range, you're literally accessing like your whistle register, which is basically like when people sing normally, you can sing so high that it literally sounds like a whistle, and um, a lot of people have to be able to have such a fine control over their vocal cords to the point that they can just do it at will and the thing is that a lot of people can't uh, it really depends on your training your experience and all of the amounts of um preparation you've done some people with naturally really thick vocal cords for example someone with a really low voice at bass might have a really really hard time being able to do them if not downright just not being able to i know a lot of people who just cannot get there and some who just can defying all of the odds but the point is that all these factors come into play and that makes it a very very hard technique to to access let alone master you don't hear it a lot um, most people uh, who do uh, whistles, um, I know a lot of people uh, like to do them inhaled. Um, no, it's not completely recommended. Like no. it doesn't. In my case, it doesn't hurt. 
No, I guess it doesn't hurt. I do them in hell. I cannot do them exhale because my technique is not fry screen based. I do mostly false scores and some other weird things like epic glottal and stuff. I don't really know that much. But what I've been told from people who know more than I do because I am no vocal coach. I'm completely self-taught. Um, what I've been uh, told by most is that my technique is like this weird mostly false scores mixed thingy. Some people think it might have some fry but I cannot do pure vocal fry which is pretty much needed to be able to access like exhaled whistle screams so I resort to inhale whistle screams um, inhales have a very bad stigma and reputation because they're um, they're I wouldn't say they're completely dangerous not really but they are really hard to control in comparison they they have a very distinct sound that is different from your usual exhale so that makes them a little iffy here and there um, and if you're not doing them correctly they are prone to being able to harm you way easier than an exhale oh, will. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and I was gonna bring this up because like when you're when you're doing inhales you also have a chance to like actually damage the the, the the actual cords and stuff like fold them in mm -hmm. and that could be yeah. like cause lasting damage and i was always like skeptical like that's why i i don't think i'll ever try attempt whistle screens if i could i would but i, I mm -hmm. don't think i'm ever going to get to that point but i do find it very interesting that you bring up you know fall, fall, that you, there's like this you you got this mix of false and well at least some people say you got a mixture of false and uh like fry vocals and that seems like especially after seeing the uh the will ramos uh laryngoscopy i think it's what it's called where they shove the camera down the throat yeah it seems like a lot of people are starting to come to the consensus the, the consensus that um the false and fry dichotomy is kind of more of a blurred state than mm -hmm. where it yeah. was like this really like defined black and white kind of like you're either false or fry and now it's like well everybody does a little yeah. bit of a mixture of that absolutely um, and this is something I also want to bring up here is uh, you are also an independent vocalist you do VTubing mm -hmm. as well uh what is your kind of like day-to-day -day setup to record so like people who want to get into doing not just like harsh vocals but just any vocals can kind of just like step in and, and try this out hi all right so um in my case i am really really broke <laughs> so i don't have a huge like very very expensive thing going on um, I make do with what I got, and I think that goes to show that anyone who wants to get into this can can do it with, without a lot of uh, resources. Like I think the most important things that you need is a, a relatively quiet and isolated room where a lot of outside noise doesn't penetrate that much and obviously you need a uh, you need your usual uh, recording audio gear which is gonna be the the most expensive thing to get obviously unless you don't have a computer you also need to get that um you need a microphone you need a, an audio interface to connect that microphone unless you try you want to try to do like a one of those usb microphones they're not really good they're good at most for like podcast talking and that's in a very 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 low tier of course um, but usually what will be recommended is for you to get like an XLR microphone, uh, the cable, uh, an audio interface thingy, 
maybe you can get them in a bundle then you just plug it into your computer get a random doll you can even use like audacity which is free or reaper which has a trial period and then you just start recording what you want and when it comes to like um everything else like what you can try to do is uh if your room is like mine which means it's not sound treated at all it's it's not soundproof either there's some echo here and there um that means that you can try to get things to like you can you can modify it a little bit you can get like like one of some of those like foam thingies i don't remember exactly the name sound foam thingies like like mm -hmm. they basically allow the sound to just not have as much echo and stuff and you can try to if you can't even afford that just put a lot of like uh sound absorbing things around the room to be able to record uh without a lot of reverb like put a, a bunch of mattresses or, or clothes or whatever that you can get and everything after that is mostly just uh the way that you record in my case i literally just enter uh my room which is like a semi storage room thingy I, I I plug my microphone, I open my DAW, and I start recording like at like a, a feet or two away. It's not amazing. The, the my my I will say that my vocals kind of have a, a little bit of like reverb muddiness to it, but it's workable. And most of the time, if you're working with a really experienced person who actually knows how to mix and EQ stuff properly, they can get rid of most of the stuff and make them sound pristine, anyways. Yeah, that's that's something I was kind of like really curious about because I was no I noticed that um, everybody's got like a little a little different th setup for what they do. I know like different vocalists out there use specific microphones, but like just getting out there, especially Reaper. Reaper is relatively inexpensive for the license, even for the personal one. It's like sixty dollars. So yeah, and plus I saw I recently listened to a, a mashup album that was made entirely on Audacity that sounded amazing. So Audacity is a great way to go. Um, speaking of somebody who can master and mix and do all that, uh, let's move over to Yumi because Yumi, uh, your track "Extinct" that uh, we just played, the second track uh, we played, is probably like I really love like how ambient it sounds it, it it sounds like it sounds like a prog metal like romp in the forest with a little bit of gent <laughs> uh i mean that's probably the best way to describe it right i mean i dabble in various genres and so when i when i say that i, I do prog metal i kind of also imply that I'm doing basically everything because when you think of like progressive metal you think okay well they must be experimental they must have gone to an Ivy League <laughs> school like Berkeley and oh, they know Berkeley jazz boys. chords like the back of their hand but of course that's not always the case so yeah. for me when I say like when I do stuff I I have uh, my influences are I actually started out doing just kind of plain power metal melodic death metal stuff because that was absolute garbage at guitar so that's the only thing i could do but so a lot of the influences as you can tell on extinct and if you listen to the other track i hope you guys will uh it's a lot of melodic death metal influences so i do prog melodic death metal and atmospheric black yeah it's what that's so 
I love I love metal subgenres sometimes because just like ap- atmospheric black metal. I'm like, what what's this new one that I keep hearing now? That's like melodic deathcore ballads. That's a new one. That's what Lorna Shore's doing now with the last three tracks. Yeah, it's like really weird stuff that just come out. Like metal subgenres are just wild, man. There's some there's some crazy stuff that's going on. Yeah, like you new can get really particular with them. Yeah, I mean like well the EDM genres like that too cuz you can get into really weird like noise core, terror core, and you may think like, "Oh, those are metal genres." No, those are those are actually EDM genres. Yeah, that's and, e- that's nope. EDM right there. Yeah, unless it has a breakdown, then it, then it's a little different. Well, I mean, but, there's, there's there's people who like cross influence that. Like Cole Audio would do like metal metalcore breakdowns in the middle of his like speedcore. Like you can't like what the heck? Who does that? Yeah, who, and I'm trying. That's who what I'm trying that? to do. I'm trying to be like not pinned to a genre, even though I consider myself prog. I like experimenting things outside the norm. I tried not to be mainstream. I don't want to consider myself anti-pop because that just makes me sound like a hater to the mainstream, but I just try to be as experimental and open with my sound as possible. And I think Instinct is like the best example of what I can provide to Hog because a lot of the stuff in there is not something that you would typically hear, even with progish metal or gent metal circles that may or may not be known. Yeah. I, I, I just... It's just so interesting, like the the whole music making process. When you, especially when you got like that toolbox you can work with, um, and I find it very interesting that you can go about this and attach it to Zun's work. So, like, what is the process of like going from just like a, a song in one of Zun's games to what you your eventual output? Like, how do you like do you like have a process of like envisioning the the song and then like oh what will this what can I build on this to make it sound specifically metal in me? Mm, I don't. I don't really think about it as I as I start working. I probably have the really like prog metal mindset where I'm thinking of a riff and then I just move on and then I try to attach the idea. I try to do that with Zones work as as well. I like to have an idea and then like just continuously build build off of it. And maybe that idea could be like, oh, I take the melody and I stretch it out into this ridiculous time signature. Or I can take this melody and cut and like cut the time in half and put it over some like really ambient guitar synth pads. So I technically when it comes to my music, I don't really put Zune first. I like to I like to use the melody as close to the original as possible. But I like to try to be as close to whatever you can call my sound as possible. That is something I... My throat decided to do something weird there. Uh, That is something I've been talking about for a while. There's like a very distinct, I would call it, like there's like a line that I, I, I draw in my head when it comes to Toho Metal. It's like, how much is the artist trying to like keep this true to Zun's music and how much are they trying to keep it true to metal and some of the best mm-hmm. stuff rides that line just like perfectly where you're doing just just what you need to do to make this a great metal track while also being still very kind of you're paying homage to where the track came from and a lot of the greats do that and that's what i think hog too and actually any hog track that i've heard like rides that line really well and i may uh 
sorry to interrupt, if I may add an antidote just to put a pinpoint for the conversation. One thing that people in HOG or what HOG stands on is the idea of making the best possible arrangements ever by pushing the boundaries of what basically the original scene from 2008 kind of like forefathered. And what I mean by that is the best arrangements you'll hear, not just in metal, but for really anything within Toho or really any of the Dojin community, is the idea of you listening to a song not because it's Toho, but because the person behind it made it. People listen to Demi Tori because they love Demi Tori. Yes, it's Toho music, absolutely, but at the end of the day, if you put Demi Tori next to any other like YouTube guitarist doing a cover of the same exact composition, you're going to be getting two completely different um, experiences, which is, well, why Yumi makes music the way that he does, why I make music the way I do, and why everybody arranges the way that they do. It's because we put ourselves into the compositions versus just writing the composition until whatever beat that we need to. And, and that actually kind of like goes with something that um, before Hog 2 came out, I was sitting on here uh, in our music chat and I was just like, oh, go, you guys got to check out this Squala Scream. This sounds so good because they just put out their crossfade right before you did. Right. And I was just like, oh, man, I'm so hyped for this. And then I then you put out your stuff. I'm like, wait, Squala Scream's on here. They're part of oh, and I just got so excited because I was just like the the like what you guys are doing, what all the groups that you work with do uh, is is pushing this new era of metal Toho metal or I would even say like you guys are doing what metal band like what labels refuse to do in the metal community, which is put out the best put out like a compilation of their best. I, I personally believe in this idea that like we are we are entering a new age of just metal in general where genres are going to be a thing of the past we're going to see more more bands starting their own labels so like all these big groups are going to just all fade away and they're just going to put out the best stuff i mean uh recently you had periphery go off and make three dot you uh, uh coed and cambria have their own label and they got uh protest a hero on it so like you got this whole thing and i think this is all stemming from this idea that like a kid in their garage with an axe effects uh, an axe effects a guitar and just a copy of reaper free trial and they can probably put out something as good if not better than you know like animals as leaders or demi tori or something like that you know and and that's where i kind of want to go with this next question for yumi like what are some of the equipment and programs that you that got you started and then where you're at now so that people who do want to get into this can kind of work figure out like what's my first step if i want to get into this and i know this is kind of an extension of the question that i asked ux but for guitar or, or, or instruments it's a little different hmm well i gotta i gotta say before like i talk about that that i've been doing music for a little under a decade because i technically started making beats and when i mean beats i don't mean like trap beats i mean like edm i started doing stuff in my middle school years because i was interested in, and the only thing available and what everyone tells you to do is fl studio so i actually started most of my main stuff on fl studio if you listen to the first and second debut out total debut albums that i've made they're both using like sampled drums from fl studio they're absolutely garbage but that's what got me started because that's any any free stuff i literally went on the internet typed in free sample packs 
I literally did whatever I could to get as much free stuff as possible. Because when you're a middle school kid, you, you don't really have any money. Yeah, Eventually, yeah. I moved on to, in my college years, I moved on to Reaper. Because people were like, Reaper is absolutely better. And then you're actually getting something out of it. So I uh, coughed up some money for some uh, Reaper. And uh, it's been my uh, go-to up until now. Uh, I still continue to use a lot of like the free plugins that are provided with the actual DAW itself, but I know that there are things out there that people may want, uh, you know, when it comes to mixing, when it comes to mastering, when it comes to certain synths or creating guitar tones that, you know, get out there. Personally, if you're talking about the stuff that I use, I'm a big fan of Neural DSP. I use almost all their all their plugins. I think that they are the best when it comes to guitar VSTs, and I believe that Nolly does a great job with the, his impulse responses to get the best high-quality sound out there possible. For drums, I like using Superior Drummer 3. I also like using, again, stuff from, from Nolly. I like using GDD, Good Get Good Drums. Uh, for bass, I use Loki Bass, which is a a re kind of recent plugin that's popped up. It's a bass VST uh, using samples, but I also record bass myself on my uh, eight-string guitar because I don't have a bass. And <laughs> you don't need a bass when you have. I that don't many need strings. a bass when I have an eight-string guitar. <laughs> Bassists are slowly going out, slowly going out of style. And actually, what's funny? What's funny is like all your plugins. I just like I recognize them from. I don't know if you you watch that twenty-four-seven gent like procedurally generated gent yes on i do and i'm very aware of it yeah that, that pretty much all those plugins are is what he uses and i'm like oh well musicians aren't gonna have jobs soon so that's no fun. they're not because <laughs> it sounds so so much so like chad so uh it's past seven i know it's good there's gonna be riots so uh do, do, do we want to go into the next music break and then do the thing Sure, we'll give people a chance to uh, log in from wherever they're listening from. If you've already done that at least once from wherever you're listening from, you don't need to do it again. You don't need to be actively logged in. I am reminding folks because someone said right before the show, I'm logged in, I'm ready to go. You don't need to be logged in. I keep saying this and people don't understand what I'm trying to say. If you've already logged in. And, and then the reason I'm saying this at all is... We do countries and listeners. We'll do it after these next couple songs here to give people a chance to do that because I'm sure we've got a few relatively new listeners here. Uh, the first one we're going to be jumping into is Twilight Myth from the album Haunted House. And then after that is something from Buuta Otome. So we'll get started here and be right back in a bit. Again, so you're already alive, number 121.
人だったのか獣だったのか己の尖を忘れ小顔のまま歩む月だけが照らした幸せにて小悪語と三国とも Soki Radio Live number 121 with Hongkong of Gensoki this evening. Before we go any further, I owe you guys uh, some shoutouts, I guess. So, for who is currently listening tonight, we've got... Oh, man, I forgot that this isn't alphabetized. This is going to be a little bit different. We've got the United States, Germany, the UK, Russia, France, Japan, Canada, Peru, Spain, Sweden, Latvia, Finland, and Australia. And those who are listening right now include... Well, who have logged in, if you bothered to do so... Uh, include Arani, Bella Bell, Bramping Ramu 42, Can't Find Remote Chris 1, DMJ 654, ETG, Hazuzumi, Sue Tempest, The Mob 2, Title Grunt, Wanamingo. That is all of the people who are have logged in at some point from wherever they're listening, and I can give you guys some shoutouts. So there you go. My duty has been done. Let's move on. Mom of the radio man, he said my name again. Yeah, again. Can't believe it. Ah, all right. So now we're going to get to the fun part of the questioning, which is for everyone, because this is always fun. We, we kind of like have this reoccurring like thing that we have with some of our musical guests that get on. Um, 
Which is funny because you guys actually seem like, out of all of them, the people that actually will answer these questions with great answers. How did you all discover like Toho itself? Because like that's always it's always an interesting question to ask. Let's go in order. Yeah, let's 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 start with our <laughs> let's start with our. Pick. Oh no, me. Okay, um, I probably have the most obscure, stupid one by far. Um. Throughout my life, I've always been some type of otaku loser who loves anime and Japanese paraphernalia. Um, but in a very, very brief time from seventh to eighth grade, and this, this is going to be a small tangent, I apologize. I was a uh, animator, specifically stick figure animator called Pivot Animator. And I was really into like stick page and stuff. I don't know. Don't blame me. More importantly, um, during this time period, around eighth to ninth grade, I ran across a video called RHG Battle Morion um, versus Oxford. This is important. You can YouTube this. This is re-uploaded. In the the OST and BGM for this fight is Fires of Hawkeye from Toho 12. And if there's one thing about me that's followed me all the way up until life, to even to this point, is if I like a certain piece of music, I am going to track it down. What's led me to uh, getting malware for starters? Uh, um, I ended did up. Did you get uh, Razenware? <laughs> no, this was a few years away, way before Razenware. But um, I ended up finding a totally not legal copy of Toho 12, downloading it, getting malware, and getting my butt kicked by Nazrin, and thinking, ah, that was an experience. What happened? And then uh, skip fast through a lot of YouTube digging. I found Toho 7 Perfect Cherry Blossom, which is still my favorite Toho game to this day and soundtrack. And I just went down the rabbit hole from there. But uh, yeah, nah, um, actually, I was technically Toho pilled when I was nine because of the uh, Toho PV. Um, Caro Caro 9. Yeah. <laughs> there was a Sonic version of it. And little nine year old me ran across to it because of the YouTube algorithm. I didn't know what it was, but later on, looking back at it, I was like, oh, the sun got me before I was even aware. <laughs> But that's yeah. like how it always is it's always you find a video further back than when you think you'd be like no that's when they got me it's always like that with mcrolled mcrolled was the one that got me uh, oh, every time because it was just like i discovered it in 2012 but i was listening to mcrolled back in like sixth grade uh yeah, you yumi what about you Hmm, I, I guess I have probably had like a similar experience going through like the typical like 2000s like meme YouTube videos. Uh, I mainly, I probably, what got me started was probably through EDM Toho. I didn't realize it was Toho at first. I was playing a lot of like rhythm games as a child. I went from like impossible game to scrolling through new grounds for Geometry Dash <laughs> levels. And then somehow popping up into like the J-Core scene and I or the just the general like JEDM scene and I came across uh, I think it's Space Electro's second vocal EDM album I'm not 100% on that but the song is called Little Little Wish and it's still one of my favorite Complexro songs ever I believe it combines Shin Maru's theme and Koichi's theme into one and of course, I didn't know what Toho is, and I only connected the dots when I started doing listening to more metal through my middle school and high school years. And somehow, I just randomly came upon Demotori Thousand Leaves for some reason. Hmm. Yo, Thousand Leaves, bruh. Yeah. And that was just a, that was just a gateway drug to like basically everything. Ah, oh, man. 
I remember the days of just like Demi Tori, Thousand Leaves, just sitting in the in the, the school, the my college's like cafeteria area next to my dorm, and just sitting there and vibing, waiting for between classes, eating Wendy's. I remember those times. <laughs> that was so comfy. It was a comfy yeah, like time. My last of my high school days, everything on my Kindle Fire, yes, Kindle Fire, <laughs> was like demitory clothes, like crow's claw, thousand leaves, anything that you would, any, any one of those like kind of like mainstream, well-known like stuff. Yes, Tempest Demitory is still active. They've released something in the summer and they probably are going to release an album this winter. Hopefully pray, pray with all your heart. Pray. Demitory, please. We need more of your guitar work. It is so impressive. Uh, UX, what about you? How did you get into Toho? Okay, mine is, uh, I guess, the, the most, like, boring one in a way, because it, it was mostly, like, just a uh, culture, like, I don't want to, it's not shock, it's more like just culture, like, like, uh, just absorption, just, uh, because, you know, when you, when you roam the internet for very long in the, in the 2000s, you just start bound to come into contact with it eventually, even if you don't even realize it. For example, I, I always been huge into, like, um, playing rhythm games and all this stuff like that. And I remember when I was, like, eight years old or something, I got into like taiko and stuff like that and uh, like the game and stuff and i started looking for like uh fan songs and stuff to add and i found a curious little thing uh that probably a lot of people recognize his name it's called galaxy collapse <laughs> and that thing i didn't know it had anything to do with toho at all but it just got burned into my memory and then as time went on, I started finding strange things, like strange characters appearing randomly in parts of the internet wearing interesting hats, cool-looking gulls, uh, fighting with strange thingies. And I remember one of the other times that I came into contact with it, but I didn't really go completely into it. And was um, one time when I found, uh, I think it was, how, how was it called? Um, it was some sort of like very, 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 very um, strange game thingy that I found one day. I don't even remember the name, but it it was related to Toho somehow. But I don't, I cannot recall it. But it, it was those tiny little things that I just kept going and going. Then one day I I got into like bigger and more interesting. Um, subgenres of metal and stuff, right? And I found um. I, I found uh, Flowering Night Fever by Undead Corporation. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. what is this? It's very, yeah. it's that, yeah, like, I would thought you were going to say like Foreground Eclipse, and I was about to be like, yep, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> I know them too. Yeah, Foreground, because I remember you and me had discussions before, like, old post hardcore 2008 era was like the weird the weird time where everybody was doing just the weirdest stuff and somehow foreground eclipse was able to take all of that post hardcoreness and take it into like 2012 2013 and it was just perfect i swear if mm. foreground eclipse were to ever 
get their licensing together to go on Spotify or even Bandcamp, they would go ahead and retake the crown of like total hardcore music. Oh, 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 100%. Like, popularity wise. Like, I'm going to skip down the, the doc a little bit. Like, down here, it says, like, new music review. I was doing a 10th anniversary seated with liquor, like, review. And then you guys put out Create to Destroy. And I was just like, well, now I got to put these two together because. Foreground Eclipse was like the past, like was the king of the past ten years, yep. and now you guys are the king of the next ten. So Aww. what am I gonna do? Thinking about like how, like I have to go through this and look. I'm looking at Seated with Liquor. I'm looking at Foreground Eclipse as an artist, as like a group, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they've been putting out like the best post-hardcore out of everybody. Like even I would even say like when Undead Corp started doing a little bit of post hardcore in their stuff, I was like, nah, Foreground Eclipse did it better because it sounds exactly how I remember it in my head. And I, I said before the show, I've been I've been on a motionless and white kick thanks to the YouTube algorithm, and that that like Foreground Eclipse reminds me of how motionless and white is now. Well, when yeah, comes- they embodied yeah. that entire scene perfectly i still put on each and every word leaves me here alone from time to time because it was my personal favorite album i wasn't able to like add in my little like two cents of high school me but like ninth grade like <laughs> my ninth grade of like uh, care packs of toe music was foreground eclipse draw the emotional thousand leaves unlucky morpheus demutorian blinkfield and what dominated ninth grade was foreground eclipse just jesus it was foreground eclipse <laughs> okay i i need to take off my jelly bracelets and put put put, put my uh put my raccoon highlights away because like what? i can't i can't i can't go back <laughs> that far yet hold on i gotta get this studded belt and check off oh my god Where's the nearest hot topic <laughs> finally a reference i understand it took me a while oh, <laughs> so speaking of circles what are your guys's favorite circles uh that you're listening to now because uh i think that, that that's always a fun discussion to have uh let's start with ux first and work our way up Mine is melodic taste. It's actually not metal, but it's like epic orchestral, and I'm super, I'm super into that. I'm super into like epic cinematic orchestral stuff. It sounds oh. like kind of like Hiroyuki Sawano style. I love it, and I found melodic taste, and I was like, oh my god, this is awesome! Especially their latest albums. Well, his. I think it's just one guy. Oh, dude! Like, yeah, that kind of stuff gets me like, gets me all like excited because I, in my head, like, I put it on, I'm just imagining just like giant like battles in Gensokyo happening. Or yeah. my uh, my other personal favorite ones are like people who specifically make folk uh, folk arrangements. So I could be like, and now if I make a D and D campaign, I can use this as the tavern theme. <laughs> yeah, Shout out the floating yeah. cloud. Yeah, floating cloud yeah. is like. <laughs> like the go-to what about what about you yumi what, what are you listening to right now circle wise let me go to my uh phone because like 50 percent of what's on my phone is absolutely toho so you guys were talking you guys are talking about i do listen to a lot of floating cow but i'm much a bigger fan of casket uh, oh yeah lot. casket i've only I'm heard a, like a very little of cat casket from the youtube algorithm but each time i'm like man i should really just look up all their stuff yeah i listen to their still so- sober like album almost all the time it's still one of my favorites. I mean, because my family is Irish, so they're like, oh, the Irish music, let's go to a Celtic festival. And then I'm just like, I, I, I dig everything in jigs. So that's my go-to. <laughs> as soon as you hear a fiddle, your feet start moving. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm just be- I also listen to a lot of Forest 3- 306. I don't know if people know about that circle, hey. but 
they yeah. do acoustic they do a lot of acoustic guitar work mm. uh i know me and armpit rave about like one of their albums being like 300 to 500 dollars <laughs> for a cd <laughs> on, a, hey. on, a, on a secondhand yeah. store but like we're desperate uh, okay I, I know that feeling. I think I'm personally responsible for how seated with liquor is like obscenely priced right now. Well, hmm. Here's wait. Okay, let's be clear. Because at one point you had a copy and then you didn't. Do you have one now? Yes, I have one. It's sitting in my collection right okay. over okay. Cause here. Okay. Because I do as well. Somewhere. Now, now in 2017, before I went, uh, it's probably maybe a year before. It's like 2016 sometime. Uh, looking up on the used market, the secondhand market. It was around 80 bucks, and then when I was there, and I've told this story before, but Zara spotted it, and I didn't, and Zara didn't tell me, so I left, and didn't realize it was there, so I had I actually had someone else who was still there pick it up for me and send it over, but it was half the price then, which was, you know, it's still expensive for an album, especially secondhand, but, you know, whatever, I spent $100 on uh, Love Lights, so <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but... Uh, and and then and then I guess DMJ also found his copy. So um, between the two of us, we have two copies of Seated with Liquor. Uh, yeah. All right, so I'll be breaking into your houses for probably in a month. No, Let me know. no. Yes. Uh, so what are, what are you listening to right now, Arpit? <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have asked that. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, it's a weird it's a weird line of questioning for a weird name right now. <laughs> what am I currently listening to, Toho Wise? Um, despite, I don't want to, like, put it under the assumption I'm always listening to metal. I've just been revisiting a lot of older circles. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Electric Red, which is, like, this kind of mushugga y Yes! 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 Whoa. I I Um, love Electric Red. Catch 53, I listen to that daily, because I'm just like, I remember, I remember Catch 53. He's more excited uh, than I am in the amount of time. (laughs) Yeah, it was like magical astronomy. I I constantly have my hand on the mixer right now because of moments like that. (laughs) Electric Red, like Electric Red, Peth 2, like Blakefield, all of them are just... I'm still trying to reach out to Path 2, but uh, secondly, I'm speaking of Blankfield, I've been listening to a lot of Blankfield. I put that on during work a lot. Uh, I love Warren Side. I've talked to him a few times. Oh, um, but yeah, I like Electric Red, Blankfield, Stradiotes, um, from the guy named Mr. Sweden, for people who don't know, he makes progressive melodic death metal and like technical death metal, but not really. He has a guy who does vocals. His name's Albert, and he just goes, ah, and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> wow. check it out. Seriously. <laughs> Favorite, um, <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing. I mean, he's just like yeah. he's a guy named Albert. And he just goes ah, and I love he does it. that for a long time. And he's extremely passionate. He can't do anything else, but that's all you nearly need to hear from him. That's Those all you need. <laughs> Those are the main it's, three that they go that I go to lately like, for. It's like the Azamanga Dio openings, except it's Albert going ah, ah yes. We have emotes of him in the server, but um, secondly, um, my all-time favorite circle ever when it comes to Toe is probably Thousand Leaves. So. Thousand Leaves, Early Years of Sorrow is my very first metal album ever, period, as my introduction to everything. I didn't even listen to, like, I, I listened to Metallica six years after I listened to Thousand Leaves for just, I guess, a point of reference. Wait, yeah, that's kind Metallica? of my go-to. Um, Yo, you mean metal, that small band? From a distance is one circle I absolutely love going to. I also love Tutty Sound because I'm an orchestral arranger, and I think I still think they make the best orchestral arrangements I've ever Tutty Sound, let's go. how they do it. And uh, for a fun one, Tokyo Active Needs because it's Tokyo Also Active. same. Yeah, that's a that's a mainstay favorite on the uh, on the station here is Tokyo Active Needs. Uh, so uh, we were alluding to, to this in the break, but we're going to bring it up here now. Uh, what does 
home gang of Gensokyo mean? Okay. Like, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Here we go. Alright. Home gang of Gensokyo, right? Home gang specifically. It's like, well, these three words have come from three very different things. Um, home gang in itself is from Norse mythology. Specifically, it's kind of like this battle between warriors out of honor to kind of either like take it's like a matter of honor for like ownership of property or just like disputes or etc this came into um correlation between me and popu or popuko from home gang of Kinsokyo, which you can find in server because mm-hmm. toho one initially started as an idea at, for fighting game composition arrangements and i was like well if this is going to be the very first international metal sampler for toho project between tons of bands and circles from everywhere, it would only be natural if it was fighting game themed and we based it off home gang because well, home gang is a fight out of honor. So it's kind of all of us coming together, showing all of our metal tracks in like this one glorious battle. Of, spelled O-V is, well, just, I don't know, we're metalheads, we like V's because true cold black. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I was about we're, to say, did you just pick okay. that? Did you just pick that? Because any, any, any black metal album with of in it, with a V is instantly, you're like, yeah, that's it, a black metal better. album. That's a black metal album. And then, well, Gensokyo, because it's a home game that takes place in or between Gensokyo or people who love Toho. So there you go. That's actually pretty cool. But with even coolers, you guys use this tagline, Toho metal forever. And for each of you, I want you I want you to kind of answer this question. What does Toho Metal Forever mean to you? Hmm. Um, I think maybe you actually you should go first because I was the one who coined it. <laughs> All right. I think for me it just uh it means that what basically Toho represents, especially when it comes to like music wise for everyone, um, even if some people kind of quote unquote grow up uh, grow up and out of the fandom, I think that it stays with you somehow. Like, you just can't be the same after you've heard Toho tracks for the first time. You just, it's just not the same. It's just something so unique that stays with you. And I think that the interesting way that just such a surprisingly creative, um, talented, and just overall amazing uh metal sub-community that came out of Toho just came out of nowhere. Um, I think it's one of the most uh, creative and amazing uh, things that has ever happened around the fandom. And the fact that um, people say that it doesn't die is because of what it represents. It represents what I think, in my opinion, one of the ultimate outlets of creativity, a skill and talent that many of, of the of the fans just have and they've been inspired by the original source material to make something different with their own spin. I'm doing poetry slam snaps over here because it's music to my freaking ears, dude. This is exactly why I want to do Metal Mondays, is because I see that exact thing. Oh Yumi, what about what about you? What does Toho Metal Forever mean to you? Besides it being like a tagline coming from the armpit himself, uh, to me, I guess... The armpit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's kind of of like a a collective... I don't know what's the word. I'm not going to say war chant. But like, 
Yeah, I guess war chant to like but a to chest, like, round, like a chest bump. Yeah, to like to people in the specific community. Because when you're really doing music within a niche, within a niche, within a niche, you really need to get people together. And you know to celebrate like what you're doing within these certain specific groups, and I shout out to Armpit for really using his network skills and getting so many people across the world because you know nothing like this would ever happen unless you know he reached out to people. I'm not one of those networking type style people, so having him having him do all that from the ground up is just superbly amazing, and I think that helps. It reinstate the fact that Toho Metal is kind of here forever. Because even if the fandom, you know, dies out, there's still going to be people who really appreciate Toho. Not, you know, for not just like for what it is, but even the nostalgic factor for you know decades to come. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I. It's just so. It's so nice to like actually like, and and that's kind of like what I want this, like the kind of reason why I wanted to do like this gathering because like there's there's just so much to Toho Metal that kind of brings us all together because we're niche within a niche within a niche, like you said, absolutely, and we kind of need to all stick together because like for for us like. And specifically because like Toho Metal, like we go beyond just regular like just Toho music because we go off and we make our own like we go and listen to like X album and be like, ooh, but what if we were able to like turn that into a Toho song like Electric Red, like we were talking about earlier yep. with how they bring Meshuga like they did like two tracks I remember on the top of my head. One is Catch Fifty Three, which is the the one where they did uh, essentially a Catch 33 style track. But then there's another one. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one where they mixed Remelia's theme with Dancers of the Discordant System. Oh, yeah. And, I know what you're talking Oh, about. man. Yeah. I can. I look for that track every day and I just be like, I can't. I, I love this. I can't. I gotta. I love this so much. Oh. Mine are like through hold for that um speaking of mashuga the last battalion i was addicted to them for ages before i even knew nagari because they made a they did a combination of fires of hawkeye which again very first solo song i ever heard with mashuga's bleed and i was like yeah this is this is exactly what i want <laughs> bleed dude i hear that i hear that song and i just i get like nostalgia baited back to when i was a kid and i got my first like emerson like mp3 player and i was just like I downloaded the, my first Mashuga album, and this was like my first my first metal album of all time. Was uh, oh, what was the? Oh, now it's gonna bother me. It's a it was a uh, what are the uh, bullet for my Valentine? It was my first bullet album. Uh, what was that album? It's gonna uh, it was the one with tears don't fall on it. What was that? No, I don't want to play Tears Don't Fall. <laughs> I want to go look at the album. Thanks, Spotify. You suck. <laughs> um, Very first album's going to be uh, not The Poison? Question mark. Maybe The Poison? Nope. Yeah, it's The Poison. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah, it was The Poison 2006. I remember that like, very specifically. And I would unabashedly sing Tears Don't Fall like full volume in my in my room in the basement. But awesome. yeah, that that album, that Mashuga album with Bleed on it, dude, that was my first one. Uh so oh, 
Well, we're going to go on to this next question here so we can kind of get things rolling. Yeah. Uh, as metalheads, we all wear like our influences on our sleeve. So like, what are yours as musicians? Like, are, are you guys, because I, I, I know everybody makes their music their own, but we all seem to gather some sort of like, oh, I like this sound from here and I like this sound from here. What if I combine them or done stuff like that? What What is, what is that for you? Well, okay. Now, so, <laughs> for me, my main influences come from a lot of places. Um, my own history as a Toho Arranger is very, very, very distinct and weird. But for specifically metal, I would say Thousand Leaves is a starting point because a lot of my rips are very melodic death metal. But then I love stuff like the Black Dahlia Murder and Furry for like that tentacle prowess and like those atmospheric moments. But also one of the main reasons why I even started together with Anuhi, the guy from Crimson Quietus on 1.5 and um, Hongging 1, is in high school in between from there, 2016 to 2019, we were like, why are there no Toho black and death metal or black metal circles? Why is no one doing that? So black and death metal stuff is one of my main influences as well because well no one does it it's just that idea but uh yeah thousand leaves black and death metal and furry shadow of intent even death heaven shadow, yeah. <laughs> shadow of intent dude oh as a halo fan i'm so happy that band exists oh and i guess lastly because i know i this is a question i can do forever um whispered is a they're a finnish samurai metal band that does epic stuff that i can't even begin to describe they have three albums they Create like they make cinematic moments. Um, a lot of my epic stuff or like um, arrangements that hit past like the 10 minute, 10, 10 minute mark kind of like focus point on making long tracks that make you feel things that grant emotions and that every single thing that I had put into it as an arranger has a purpose and it's kind of reflective off of like very long tracks like that. But kind of around there, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop now because I can go on for like an hour. Oh, what about you, UX? What, what are your influences? Going oh, into I could also go for an hour, but I'm gonna try to keep it brief. Um, so when it comes to like uh, vocal wise, since that's my area that I mostly um, do, um, I I like uh, everything pretty much. Like um, uh, when it comes to like deathcore stuff, I guess I like vocalists like Alex Terrible, Ben Doer, uh, you know, Dicky Allen, you know, the usual ones. Um, then some more crazy ones that do like more whistle stuff and stuff like that. Maybe it's like um, G G I, I hope I don't butcher his name, Gilam Bilniv or however you pronounce his last name. Um, I like Kio from Darren Gray. I love Darren Gray. Um, um, Colt on Head and many many others. I could go on forever. Um, and like uh, actual like more calm singing and stuff like that. I always love. People like uh, Tillian Pearson from Dance Gavin Dance, you know, um, uh, Johnny Craig, all of those kinds of lovely people. I, I also like some others who aren't even metal-like, like Dimash Kudaybergen. You probably know him. If you don't, he's pretty much in one of the most insane human beings on Earth. Insane vocal range. No one else on Earth has his range, and he can pretty much sing almost anything. Like, absolutely insane. Um, yeah, there's other people, like, I don't know, like... Um, uh, Kyle Hollis from Victor SB, um, I guess Skelly Queen, people who have really, really high voices because I identify with them a lot, you know, because my voice is, is really high, you know, like counter tenor problems and stuff like that. But I've always wanted to 
absorb everything uh, because I always wanted to do everything. And when it comes to music itself, I guess like I love stuff from deathcore, metalcore, like um, some J rock uh, here and there. I love uh, epic orchestral cinematic stuff like Hiroyuki Sawano. I love him to death and, and all that stuff. I don't really have a lot of like actual music production knowledge myself because I can't play instruments. I, I, I can't even afford any to practice maybe one day. Uh, I've only been able to like, uh, I guess kind of like arrange and write a song once with the help of a friend. And it's like pretty much the, the ultimate amalgamation of like all of my influences. Maybe one day when, when it releases, you'll be able to see it more clearly. But yeah, it's pretty much a bunch of metal things, uh, some alternative rock and some J rock thingies and a bunch of like epic metal and stuff maybe some top seven electronic here and there because i also like that too yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah dude dance kevin dance is my jam though i love uh, them well <clears throat> uh, yumi what about you what are, what are some of your influences i'll try to <laughs> keep mine short relatively compared to unix and armpits but a lot of my music like influences from like specific artists so like on the melodic death metal side there's obviously like thousand leaves slash thousand eyes their main project now uh, i also take inspiration from melodic death metal wise like from like bellacore at the gates at typical the gates. like melodic death metal bands that you yeah. you would know uh when it comes to like prog i'm a big fan a fan of see through eye uh i like plenty I especially love animals as leaders. I reference animals as leaders a lot in my tracks. Tosin Abasi uh, is an android. You cannot convince me otherwise. If I wasn't broke, I would buy an Abasi guitar like right away. But unfortunately, money holds me back. <laughs> uh, obviously, Mashuga. Everyone loves Mashuga. I don't know how you can hate the most recent album. It's so good. It might yeah, be like it's... top five of the year. It's really good. Don't please. Excuse me, I'm gonna get Charlie Horse, and I'm I'm literally dying over here. This is just an audio program, DMJ. Like I, I imagine oh, he's I over there doing like mental exercises, grabbing like dumbbells. <laughs> like man, I'm so excited about this tonight show. Yeah, and a la another la let's just get like one more influence. I would say uh, for like out of left field, people who know like Adam Neely on YouTube, he has a project called Sungazer. Uh, they came oh, out with a, yeah. an album last year, and it's absolutely mind-blowing in terms of musicality technicality i dare say prog uh tonality and just all just pushing the boundaries of what typical western like theory is and you know taking it just to the next level and that's what i try to do with my music it's just something that i'm like oh well i can do five over seven right and put that in toho right yeah that's actually kind of really cool. I really love some of the proggy stuff. Uh, why don't we go to the next break so I can go outside my door and scream? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good excuse Fair. to take a break in here. Let's go. All right. We are uh, going to head on to the next song. Another one from Create to Destroy from Armpit Maiden, The Flow of Fantasy. After that, we'll uh, put on something from Takamachi Walk because that's another one that kind of fits the theme of this show. And we'll be back just after this. And again, so Security Lab number 121.
second chances I'm no second chances I'm sick of your dreams Gensokyo Radio Live number 121 with Hongang of Gensokyo and EMJ and Lunar. It is us. It is we. One thing I haven't mentioned this evening that I really should have like an hour and 50 minutes ago is that we have a Discord server where a lot of us are chatting. If you aren't there, you can join us. We're partnered uh, over at discord.gg slash Gensokyo. So what's really interesting about um, <laughs> and it's funny because we brought up you're bringing up our Discord. Uh armpit during the break while i was screaming and had no clue i wasn't here because i'm screaming oh that's why you had to scream i understand now i I put two and two together yeah i got i had a horrible charlie horse i had to go scream i thought you wanted to go scream like with the music as you were listening no i i physically was in pain and dying so i had to go like walk off my thigh muscle Uh anyway but uh, but um Armpit was actually talking about it's on that last track that we just played, The Flow of Fantasy. Um, that was actually featuring uh, members of Undead Corp, and you were telling us about how you met them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I ended up going on like an ADHD uh, scrambled rant of like my beginnings of a promoter well before Hog happened. And uh, yeah, I ended up uh, talking to myself and just you, me, and UX. So I can do it one more time. <laughs> yeah, look, we're, we're, we're not going to explain. We'll just start over. Right, what do you got? Yeah, it's oh. I don't really care. So what, long before Hog, um, I was just a person who existed on, out of all places, Facebook. Um, and it's like subgroups of like metalheads and music culture where I would just go out of my way to promote Dojin music. Not because, like, oh my god, it's anime Japanese music, it's the best thing ever. I would just promote them because, just similar to Hog, I believed even back then, these circles need views, they need an audience, and they try really hard, and I always see them just, in comparison to, like, your average whatever band you'd find on Bandcamp, no one knows about them. So I just do my best to, like, experience and, like, talk to people about it. During those days, I ran into Miku's really old uh, Facebook page. I forget the exact name of it, I apologize. But the um, point is, he was selling Undead Corporation, Unlucky Morpheus, and uh, Thousand Leaves CDs directly. And I ended up just talking to him. Uh, it's probably just like a fan. I'm pretty sure I was just the annoying type who kind of came out of nowhere just asking him a hundred questions. He says I wasn't, but either way, over the years of this, I slowly started updating him on the things that I was doing. Like, hey, I started a Toho Metal Circle. And I was like, ah, okay. To, hey, I started a Toho collaboration called Pog. He's like, oh, um, who's in, who's invited? And I told him the last battalion, the Gare, whatever. 1.5 came out, and I guess it got his attention enough to join, and that's how he came about. It's just like, a, and we were making a bunch of jokes in the backlog about how I just like pop up into people's Twitter DMs and they'd ask, ask him to join in. Hi, I'm the armpit guy. But in reality, um, probably one of the most important people who's ever joined for understanding the Toho music industry was just kind of a natural relationship that I just ended up forming over time. But uh, 
yeah, Miku from Indig Corporation is was fantastic to work with, and he's just honestly just more family to me now. I really, really love Indig Corporation. They're one of the very first bands that really got me into metal, and it's just surreal to even be on the same platform as them. But yeah, Undead Under Corp, like whole, regardless of where you're at in Toho Metal, it always holds like this sacred spot in everybody's heart because they're just they're they're always around. They always put out killer stuff. It's it's always fun. It's always fun stuff. They don't make anything that's very cookie cutter. It's all fun, and I love them for it. Well, Kinsuke slash Pine Tree, as his arranger name, I consider to be one of the best arrangers ever. Period. The sheer amount of genres, styles, and artists he has worked with is just unbelievable. Just to like think about, like when I think about like large discographies when Toho, I think of like you know Iron Attack has like seventy albums and. Jesus, that's a lot of albums, but in the end of the day, it's just power metal, and they're great, and I love them. But when I think of Undead Corporation, I think of like melodic death metal, post-hardcore, metalcore, folk metal, all out sepultura, but it's Japanese traditional instruments, technical death metal, brutal death metal, new metal. And you're just like, holy crap! Like, how do you do this so efficiently and so well? It's just he has like oh, above like 200 compositions, and he just doesn't stop. I just I can't help but respect that. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we're gonna get to my final question here, and this is for you guys. But like, where do you see the state of Toho Metal now, and where do you see it going forward? Not just within Hog, but like outside as well. Like, where do you see it going? <laughs> I'll let you mm. me answer first. Uh, okay. Okay. You, uh... I think it's entering a renaissance. It just feels like it's heading in a different direction than what we've seen. And I don't think, I don't know what what, uh, the other's um, personal feelings are, but I don't think that we have yet seen the absolute. I don't think we've reached the complete peak. There is still so much room for so much cool stuff to just swoop in out of nowhere. And it can just continue to get better and better. Like, I think, like... There's still so much potential that could be squeezed out of of Toho in general and and many areas of like Toho metal that can be explored. Many ideas, so many different um, things that people want to express. So I think we are not nearing the end. We are just starting a new chapter. That's really cool I, I, here. yeah, yeah that, that, that's that's personally kind of how I feel. It's kind of like we feel like we're going in. Like I, I don't know if you guys remembered like the hype around like 2012 and 2012, like a bunch of like banger Toho metal albums like dropped, and that's where I kind of feel like we're about we're hitting that peak again. Uh, Yumi, what about you? Hmm. In terms of like the direction. Uh, we can. It's. I, I'm a kind of a realist, so when I when so sometimes I take like a very negative stance, but I do see a lot of positivity when it comes to like the Western side of the world. I think that ever since getting access to the internet, somehow people bringing over Toho, whether it's the songs or memes or videos or the fandoms, it's something that people can latch onto, and I think people are in the West are becoming a lot more accepting of. Japanese culture in general because like for the past decade there's really been a wave of people really accepting anime into the mainstream and I'm not saying that Toho is anime but 
it's relatively similar in terms it's of anime the adjacent yeah it's similar in terms of like the japanese culture and i think people are becoming more susceptible it's more open a lot of people are you know starting to realize that other cultures out there that do really amazing things so i think toho can ride that wave and continue forward in that way in terms of toho metal in itself i just think that you know metal just needs a lot more exposure i mean it's also becoming part of the mainstream too like if you think of like uh, oh, what am I? What am I thinking? Like when you talk about Ed Sheeran and the Rock Awards with Bring oh Me the my, Horizon, br- like uh, like that's kind of Bring stuff. Me the Horizon is is a, is a let's let's first get this get this going. That is a controversial statement to say that New Bring Me is still metal, but like I still believe that they're goaded. I mean, I mean, they are they're goaded in the fact that they're it, that they reach so much people and they've been able 100%. to make Ed Sheeran say like you know Ed Sheeran loves new metal like. Oh, cool. Like, it's not. It's like, oh, people realize that you know, this genre exists. It has distorted guitars. It has quite harsh and emotional vocals. But I think people are starting starting to like that. Whether they find it through like random reaction channels or it's like people use it as memes in the background. Like, no one knows what the band is to send them to the slaughterhouse. No one knows that, but they just know <laughs> that that's a something that exists. Like something like that to bring it into the scene. So. The idea, the fact that Japanese culture, anime and Toho wise and metal is becoming a lot more accepted and mainstream just is something that Toho can definitely ride into the future. Mm-hmm. And Ar- Armpit, what about you? Because th- this is a very interesting conversation because I have my own comments on this. Well, to start off with, it kind of directly ties into my why I coined Toho Metal Forever because I never answered, but I figured I would save it for later for this question. The reason why I coined Toho Metal Forever coincides with the idea that metal in general, or just music in general, are things that just don't die. And when you find music that's extremely passionate, like Toho Metal Scene, which is one of the most passionate places of the most experimental stuff I've ever heard, I'm still listening to Demi Tori this day, and I'm going to still be listening to Demi Tori 20 years from now. The same thing is going to be happening for every single artist in this circle, and every single artist, metal or not, as an arranger, forever. Toho Metal is just the extension of that. And as what like UX and Yumi were saying when it comes to it, it's the idea that, yeah, we're a niche within a niche within a niche, but we're not going to be forgotten. And as for the state of Toho Metal, well, or even just metal in general, I just feel like with everybody kind of telling me that it's a kind of a renaissance for the scene, which it is, it was dead for like 2016 to 2018 up until now. I feel we're just going to have the next five to ten years of just wonderful arrangements from everybody. Oh. I think I might have accidentally opened up the Pandora's box of floodgates of just so many different people with so many different ideas. I've heard things no one's heard yet. I have someone in Hog who's making like Toho Nintendo Core. I have like, uh, Anuhi, my right-hand man in real life who lives near me, is making atmospheric black metal along the ideas of Harakiri for the sky and stuff. There's just so many projects going on that are going to come out. They are going to be real. And <laughs> I have to keep thinking back to myself like, crap, I started this on a whim just four years ago. And this is probably going to follow me for the next 15 to 20 or more. Yeah. So as a fellow realist to Yumi, I know Toho Metal in itself might not last forever. But in the same idea that Zun will not last forever, the music will. People's memories will. And, well, obviously, the albums will. So we're going to be around. And... And this kind of that, that's such a such a great way of putting it because 
in in my mind when i hear toho metal forever it's like yeah we might like wax and wane here or there but eventually we will always look back to our to our roots i mean i i always talk about this like metal metal is kind of like this ebbing and flowing genre where we we take a look at something and then we 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 try it out and then we move on and then eventually we come back to that original idea a, a good example is a lot of bands right now are doing like that that early 20 uh that early to late 2000s like met that metalcore again and yep. it, it, a lot of them are starting to go back to that and that was in that era especially like when we talk about like and this is going to be a a, a a a thing the 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 emo side of the the metalcore genre back when that was big that was already looking back that was a, a pretty much a direct like offshoot of what was originally 80s glam metal like we're all making it, it, it we're always going to be coming back so eventually like even if we start having our low times with toho metal we'll always find our way back to toho metal eventually years down the road and i personally believe that zun's not going to be here but toho will because the amount of fan games even if we're not getting official games the amount of fan games that we're going to get when when Toho ends is is it's still going to be infinite there's still going to be new tracks and eventually there's going to be some sort of there, there's going to be another renaissance of Toho even after that we're always going to be around and i personally believe as of right now like you said you opened up a pandora's box for Toho metal, especially now in this era where pretty much anybody with a guitar, a, a microphone, and a couple of uh, and a and a and a DAW, they can and a computer, they can make whatever. Actually, they don't even need a computer. You can do this stuff on an iPad nowadays, and you can make your own music. And we're going to see a lot more of that going forward. And I'm really hoping that. Hog really latches onto that and brings these guys to the forefront so everybody can hear what they did because collaboration is key with you guys. And um and what's very interesting is like we've been talking and this is more backyard baseball between me and Lunar here, but we've been talking on this uh on this discord for a long time like we we want to foster collaboration and a lot of times i'm always referencing back to you guys and how you guys run and how you guys do stuff to kind of talk about how we want to help the collaboration effort not just amongst toho metal but with all of toho music so that way artists and musicians and writers can all get together and just do what they need. Game designers can all get together and make their stuff. And like, I always, I bring up this this example all the time was actually um, when I was in your server and I found that track that Yumi put out, the, uh, the Rumia uh, t uh, pirate metal thing. And I posted it up and somebody was just like, yo, I want to put vocals on that. And then suddenly I'm starting to see like UX putting vocals on it and then everybody's doing crowd vocals on it. It's just this like this amalgamation of track, like this beautiful like moment of just everybody just wanting to do something weird with this one track, even if it was just for fun. And I think that's the best part about Toho Metal is the fun of it. Yeah. Uh, to DMJ's credit, yeah, he he really drives it home. Uh, one one of the this is a fairly recent push and something I was going to talk about during our station update section here. We are officially past the two hour mark uh, as of when we started tonight, uh, so we'll be wrapping up in a bit here. Um, 
the members of Hog in this chat. If you guys want to stick around a little bit after, if you have time, uh, we can talk a little bit more about the collaboration stuff, things that we've got in store. Stuff that I don't want to talk publicly about, although I will talk about some of it uh, right now if uh, if you let me. So go ahead. All right, we got to get through brief station update. I I can I can run quickly through the games. Toho uh, Yozaku Shokudo, Rainbow's Awesome Holiday, Susan on the Fire, Six Star Gate, Toho Library Survivors, Yoyami Dancers. That's all you get for this month. Next month we'll talk more about them. Okay, no uh, <laughs> next. Yeah, well, also the the one important thing actually the there's an official game announcement for Nintendo Switch. Toho 17.5 is coming to Switch sometime this fall in uh, in Japan. Uh, no Western release is likely or uh, is announced, but it is likely. So, all right. Again, we might cover more of that next month. We just don't have time. Uh, station stuff. So, uh, just to remind folks, we do have our Indigo T-shirt is now available in our shop. Uh, we don't have the GR logo hat out yet. It is something that will probably be released at the same time as a new thing that we're working on. I'll get to that. It's going to be one of the last things to talk about. Um, reminder that our meetup podcasts, which are sort of the sister podcasts to our live broadcasts here, uh, they are now available on Spotify and Deezer, so you can find more of our content in more places. Uh, we do have Indigo as our membership program. Gets you access to high-quality audio streaming and all that good stuff. Gets you some color rolls and badges and stuff here on our partner Discord server and beyond that what else we got here we do still have women's t-shirts we have uh, four of them for a tohuet series uh we've had stickers upcoming forever uh we'll do those eventually here it just hasn't been very high priority um all right uh we did our variety event and the, 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 okay um, the, the big thing I want to mention, that, to make sure to mention this time around, is that we have a new storefront that we're working on. This is in response to sort of the collaboration thing. Uh, we'll mention more about exactly what we're doing with that, but uh, just to give everyone a bit of a heads up here, our store will be changing very soon. I It was going to be like by tonight, but obviously technical challenges and things that you don't know you need to do are always in the background and and so yeah uh, i got most of it figured out last night we just need to wrap things up and uh put it out there so it'll be really cool uh i'm not gonna say what the url is yet but it is um it, it, it's it's akin to the meme that dmj and i sometimes go on about and saying so mm-hmm. All right, uh, that's all I got for that. I feel like there was something else that you guys were, were talking about, or I, I know that we want to talk after the show about some things, but that's, that's all uh, I got. So, I think that's all my questions I have for for Hoggy. Uh, do you guys want to say anything uh, to everybody out there? Kind of get awareness of what you're working yeah, on right now, what please, you're doing. Please buy oh. my album. Buy my album. Uh, uh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, you beat me to it. I was about to say, Yumi just put out his crossfade for his new album. Would you like to segue into this, Yumi? Hold on, wait. Is this the same crossfade you've been alluding to this entire time that you were working on? <laughs> yes. During I've been the show. Literally, doing, you I've literally been working just as put we're it chatting. 
I've been, I said I've been multitasking since the beginning of this podcast, and this is exactly what I've been doing. I've been exporting the video. I've been editing the, the, the album art. I've been putting it into a video. I've been exporting that video and uploading it to YouTube all throughout this entire podcast. Literally put up four minutes ago, not kidding you. I am currently dropping this both in general and in music right now. Sakata YouTube right now, everyone. Yep, right there. Go, go check it out. I've been on there for a while. Um, I've got to say, my uh, partner Nocturne, um, whose vehicles is featured on Create to Destroy as the choir, um, the choir and the uh, single part inside the eight minute mark, is also going to be on this album. So I'm excited about that. I have not heard the full track, Yumi. I promise you. I know. I've made. I made <laughs> sure that Noc does not tell you or show you any of it. I know. I'm in pain. Anyway, secondly, <laughs> um. <laughs> For everybody listening, Hongigman Sokyo operates obviously internationally, but it wouldn't be possible as well without Discord. Um, if you would like to, the Hongigman Sokyo, the Hongigman Sokyo Discord is listed on the Bandcamp and also on my Twitter page. Please join if you're interested. You don't have to be an arranger, etc. We accept everybody. It also doubles as a music listening Discord. All right. And as for as for the work of Hongigman Sokyo, where can people find you? All right. Um, Home Gang of Gensokyo mainly operates on Bandcamp. If you just go to homegangsokyo.bandcamp.com, you can find all of our content. We also have a Facebook page, and basically my Twitter does also run as Home Gang of main um, media source outlet as well. You can get most of the information between there, but if you want the quickest updates, once again, the Discord is the best place to go to. Oh, and uh, wow, holy crap. Also, the YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Um, it has all of our albums. Um, also has Hogcast, a podcast dedicated to Dojo metal and culture as well, mm-hmm. with more specific insights on our own personal arrangers and eventually interviews of other certain people that I can't allude to just yet. Of course. And memes. We we will be, we'll be posting our memes. Oh, the amount of memes. memes. We have way too many. And I feel horrible about all of them. I'm sorry. Either way, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, Sokyo, the YouTube channel, the Discord, our Twitter, but well, my Twitter it would be Armed Maiden, and our Facebook. Mm-hmm. All right, that's a good set of things, a good set of tasks for people to uh, to look up and get into if they're if they're interested. All right, that's all I got for this evening. Uh, thanks, all of you, for for joining. Uh, it's, it's actually, you know, it's it's always for me a little bit of a question mark if I let DMJ take the reins, but this one went pretty well. So yeah, yeah really nice having all of you on. <laughs> it's a pleasure every single time. <laughs> yeah, thank you thank for you. existing. For Very fun. This was so much fun. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks to all of our listeners this evening for tuning in. If you missed part of this broadcast, it will become a podcast about a week afterwards, so sometime next weekend approximately. Uh, You can find us on pretty much every major podcast platform out there, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Deezer, tune in, blah blah blah. You know, just just look us up. You'll find us out there somewhere. And if there's a program that, or if there's a platform that we're not on, you can uh, just let us know. We'll try to get on there. So can we get on the moon? Uh, maybe. Anyway, that's gonna do it for tonight. Thanks everyone again. I am Lunar for DMJ. Uh, where's the name list for DMJ Armpit Maiden Yumi and UX? Thank, you, uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. Until then. Mm-hmm.